What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You podcast. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out. And if you're returning, welcome back. And if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button. But more importantly, if you can stop, take a minute and give us a rating. It is one of the best ways that you can help and support the podcast. That's actually the second best way that you can help support the podcast. The number one best way to support the podcast is visiting the Patreon page at patreon.com slash O-C-Y. On there, there's multiple different ways that you become a Patreon, but you can get behind the scenes stuff. You can get some of the first episodes that I ever recorded so you can see how far I've come and how bad I was and how green I was. You're going to see have unedited, no ads episodes. You're also going to get free merch. We're going to have some people come on and we're going to do Patreon only episodes. I got some celebrities and some musicians coming on. We're going to do that. There's also going to be a bunch of support systems on there, email services, tech services, checklists. So if you're having a tough time, especially if you're going through any sort of mental health issues, I'm going to have some mental health advocates come on and we're going to talk through some of that. And if none of that tickles your fancy, I totally get it. I totally understand. But simply by becoming a Patreon, every single dollar that we get from that is going to help support the mission to help as many people as humanly possible overcome life's biggest challenges. So you should feel very proud of yourself by becoming a Patreon because knowing that those dollars going to help somebody else. So visit patreon.com slash O-C-Y. That's patreon.com slash O-C-Y. My guest today is R.G. Williams. This is a special one for me because he's actually a very interesting and important person in my life. He's actually a mentor of mine. He's helped me financially. He's helped me just grow as a human being. He's built a $190 million real estate mogul business. He'll talk about that. But... He's one of these individuals that come into your life that you didn't know that you needed and didn't know that would add so much value because our relationship kind of happened. The universe just kind of brought us together and I'm so lucky to have him on the podcast. I'm so lucky to call him a friend and you'll hear me talk about it on this podcast. But now that I've done quite a few of these episodes, you know, when you're doing a good podcast is that you forget you're on a podcast and that's actually what happened with us. So podcast is actually split up into two parts. Listen to the end because you'll see and understand and know where to get part two. But but this man just has a heart of gold. He's got a brilliant business mind. He just loves to help people. And I'm so lucky to call him a friend. I'm so lucky to call him a mentor. And I'm so lucky to be able to share his message, his knowledge, and his life with you. So please welcome my mentor, my friend, Mr. R.G. Williams. R.G. Williams, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on the Overcoming You podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet, man. Just an honor. So this one here, in all honesty, is really special to me because we have a connection. Um, you have been a financial mentor, my real estate mentor, and for I want to kind of explain everybody to the people listening kind of who, who you are because, one, sure. you're too humble of an individual – and you're going to leave a bunch of st stuff out. So okay. I want to kind of um, – I had some issues with my production studio, so we don't have the video, so I can't have everyone see your beautiful gotcha. face. Thank you. So <laughs> for everyone listening, RG is – everyone knows this type of person or has a picture of it. One of the most humblest, not soft-spoken, but your economy of words are so – well done. And what I mean mean by that, when we talk and especially going through, you know, I was just starting my 
quote unquote real estate career. Right, I don't right, want to overstate right. and say I'm a real estate mogul or anything. That's what you are. But we'd sit there and I'd have my my documents out there and I'd have my my numbers and I go, I think this this will work. And he goes, Well, let me see your numbers. And he goes, Well, what'd you get? And I go, Well, I'm going to make this much money. And you go, Okay, well, just do that then. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's one of those one of those things that it's what that you have to have and I love because I'm so like go 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 right, go go. Right. You just have a calm, cool, collective um and when you speak, you speak with such like I said the economy of words are just so simplistic but so powerful. Well, and so I appreciate that. You so, bet. Thank you. That's yeah. how my mentor taught me is he was just that and, and he always sat with his fingers together, hands in front of him, almost in a prayer-like, but that's how he would think. And so when he would talk, it was just this quiet, calming, yeah. and it was like, that's how, the, that's how you get people to listen to you. Yeah. So. And the other thing, as far as the, when someone looks at you, this is one of my favorite things about, about people, and I've had this happen twice now, is that, so let me once again kind of describe, okay. describe you. So. Okay. Silver Fox, yeah. good-looking dude, perfect <laughs> smile, handlebar mustache. Um, definitely look like like somebody – like if I saw you in a bar and I would be like, okay, if I bumped you, I'd immediately say sorry because you look like an ex-boxer, someone I wouldn't okay. want to kind of kind of <laughs> F with. Okay. Um, tattoo sleeves, right. both, both arms, but yet possibly one of the most successful individuals – that I've ever come in contact with monetarily in mm-hmm. your personal life and stuff like that. So right. th- that's the thing that I love the most in living in Newport Beach. You kind of get one or two people. You get people with a surfboard on their arm that are worth a billion dollars, or you get the people that kind of flash it. And yeah. um, I think the once again it just goes to humility that you would never ever know, and you don't you're not flashy about it, but you got a lot of success behind you too so it's well i appreciate I love that it. you know it's always been fun i've always gone i i don't want to be part of the norm um my my motorcycles are flashy colors but don't care right you know i've had guys come up oh why don't you go black because everybody has a black harley i don't want a black harley mine are purple and orange and on, yeah. and on and then color i'm not black and gray tattoo i'm a color tattoo and people laugh at me because they're all most of them are all disney and you know, and they're like, "Wow, you're really committed." Yeah, because it's not your body; it's mine. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not yet when it's needed. We'll put on a shirt and tie. Right. Let's go to work. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. No one's no one would ever know you had had money until they go and walk to your cars or see your house. Then they go, "Oh, okay." Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> see you, Harley. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, I learned a long time ago: get as much as you can get without anybody knowing how much you have. Yeah. And then my mentor taught me, give as much as you can give without anybody knowing where it comes from. So you just stay in the groove, stay under the radar, just have a blast. My uncle said one time, the tallest grass gets cut first. Mm. And that's kind of a dual, double-edged sword if you think about it. Because, you know, you got the big famous guys out there and we'll even take Trump. And prior to being in politics, he was just this big mogul. Well, he was always taking shots. Okay, you got, you know, Tony Robbins and all these guys that are big, popular and stuff, and they're always taking shots. Somebody's always critiquing them. Yep. So that's the tallest blade. Okay, makes sense. At the same time, on the other side is that could really destroy your ego game or, nah, I don't want to use that. Let's go with your self-esteem game. Mm-hmm. 
Because ego, I mean, I did a podcast, and you even commented on it, commented on it that ego is not your amigo. Yeah, and and you know, you just think through that thought of ego just gets in the way. So your self esteem though starts to play. Yeah, and if I'm going to be the one that's attacked, well, I don't want to build out there. Well, then go at it stealth. Right. Build this massive wealth. Life's not a popularity contest. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I'm not going to see these people. I mean, I walk through places and people look at me, like you say, with the handlebars and I'm not, I'm not going to meet you again. Yeah. So why do I care? Yeah. I care about me. You ever see that? Did you ever see that show, um, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with no. Jerry Seinfeld? No. So it's on Netflix. I love it. It's a really funny show. And so the premise is Jerry Seinfeld gets this huge extravagant car and meets another comedian and they go have coffee and okay. funny stuff ensues. Okay. He was with um, another comedian. I think it was Zach Galifianakis, um, the guy from The Hangover. Right, with this, right, right, yeah. right. And he was sitting there, and Zach was talking to um, Jerry and goes, doesn't that bother you? Because they were at a red light, and somebody was like taking pictures. Doesn't that bother you? You know, people, you're going down the down the street, and people – and he goes, no. He goes, I'm famous. It's like part of the deal. I'm out in public. And he goes, I'm never going to see that guy again. Never exactly seen. what he said. He's like, I'm never going to see them again. <laughs> so they took my picture. I don't know what to tell you. I can't right. – I'm out in public. That's what it is. Right. If you don't want it, stay out. Yeah. Stay back in. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. So I want to kind of talk to you about two things okay. because – Although we have a have a relationship, I don't know a whole lot about your backstory or how okay. how you got to be where you are. So I want to do that. But then also, you have a different dichotomy in you've helped so many people mm. become successful in real estate. And in like I said, I don't want to overstate my my um, success in real estate or anything or act like a big shot. But the one thing I will say is that the very first deal that we worked on took me 13 days and I made $12,000 out of it. Now, granted, I'm not, I'm not going to be curing cancer with that or, or, you know, buying mansions, but 13 days for 12 grand, that's pretty damn good. Not a bad return. Not a bad return. (laughs) I, I, I should have kept doing that over and over and over. But the reason why I say that is because there's a lot of, coaches out there a lot of real estate people a lot of gurus and you don't get anything out of it you get the feel goods we were kind of talking before the pockets you get that feel good you get the rah rah that's all good but you don't get any tangible things out out of that and so since you've helped or worked with so many people i have a feeling that you can see how someone's going to be successful or you can see it ahead of time and i want to see from your perspective from your bird's eye view when someone walks into your into your office or into your room or when you sit down and do some coaching or help them through a deal, you can kind of say, uh, it's not going to work. Sure. Not gonna sure. work. Yeah. So I want to kind of – let's start with that and then I want to kind of circle back to your to my story. To your story because so I will stay first. Yeah. Okay. So all these people come in, all walks of life. Sure. You've had from different countries, from different places, every which way. Right. What's the first thing that you notice that – it may not play out all the time, but you go, you know what? Josh Canuti is probably one of the best podcasts I've ever met in my entire life. I could tell something about him. No, I'm kidding. But no, seriously, like when someone comes in, there's got to be something that you go, ooh, you're you're sharp or something. Yeah, you know, that's what interesting. So I'll even take one of the classes that, that you and, and your wife said at the very back of the room. And, and mm-hmm. we were in Salt Lake, right? And mm-hmm. I think that was the first time we met. Yep. And so that group, 60, 70-something people in there. Yeah. And it's always funny because when you get into these big seminars or in sales, they always say, 
if you're going to be the leader, you set up front. If you're going to, you set up front. You set in the front row. My life was always, I'm going to be in the back row. That's where I live. And you came in and went right to the back row. So that was the first thing that caught me. It was like, all right, let's watch this guy. Just this nice. watch. The other part that I look at is those people who are quiet and engaged. Mm. So you watch them. They're not worried about what's on their computer. They're not worried about their phone going off or, oh, I'm looking for a deal or spaced off and looking. And, you know, some of those meetings, I mean, that was, what, three days of eight-hour yeah. days, and you're sitting in a stinking ballroom, and you just get butt sore sure okay i'll say it sure. straight out you're yeah just for like, sure oh. and then the heat after lunch and you fall asleep and <laughs> yeah yep so as the front of the the room i've learned how to okay i got to engage these people at different times and so i will pace you probably notice that i'm back and yeah. I'm down the side of the aisle if it's split i'm going in because people will then have to turn and look so as a speaker i'm always trying to engage mm -hmm. the room what i find is the people who engage with what's he doing, why is he going that way, are usually the people who will engage in questions. Yeah. Those that then ask me questions after, in between breaks, that kind of stuff. Even if it's, hey, tell me a little bit about your background. It has nothing to do with the real estate or any of that. They're engaging. Mm. If they can do that, they can get out of themselves. Yeah. And so I find that the ones that come in and quietly engage – and we'll make eye contact, are those that have good success. Now, add on top of that, those that come in with just a burning desire because their butt's been kicked by whatever reason. Yeah. You put those two together, now they have a hustle. Yeah. And you see it go. Because it's not, I'm working right now with a, a mom and son, and they're in Oahu. And so they're native Hawaiians, they live on Hawaiian time. Right, so it's island. It's just chill. Yeah, that's just the nature of it. Yet they are putting out a hundred to two hundred handwritten letters every week. That's old school marketing. Yeah, uh, they are blasting emails on his mom when she talks. She is typical Hawaiian mom. Just it's slow and methodical. Hey, exactly. What's up, brother? No, our G when we were just, it's just all good, but I was talking to him over here, and yeah, we got that one under contract, and and it's, that uh, the personality, when you look at yeah. it, versus like you and I who are go-getters. I mean, we're just jamming and ramming and everything's going. they just methodically moving forward. When I met them, it was like, they're going to do something. Yeah. Even though they're just this <laughs> slow, laid-back. They're going to do something. Yeah. And then there was a couple that set up front. Another one of my classes that set up front and went, he's got something. But he kept getting in his way. What do you mean by that? I know this is what I want to do. But. But. I'm really tired of where I am working. I've got some good years in there. It's a really good job. I'd really like to do something else. So I'm really looking at this, but I've got a really good job. But yeah. And it's just you're always there's always something else. And so they came on, made it halfway through my uh, personal mentoring with them. Yeah. And then I never heard from them. When we finally reconnected, they said, "Yeah, this just isn't for us. We just can't I don't, I don't know. We'll find the next good thing. So on that point there, that's something that I think about a lot 
in this current time. So as we're recording this, well, it's going to be going on for a while probably, but COVID, COVID right? you're, if you're listening to this in the United States and across the world, there's a lot of tensions, you get Black Lives Matter, all these things. People are quarantined, and some things are happening where either people are out of a job and they're on unemployment. Thank God for the government helping them. That's, helping where? Yeah. Right? Or they're out of a job, but they don't know it yet, which is the people that I'm really scared about. And then you have a lot of those people, regardless of where you are in those camps, going, I would really like to start a real estate business, or I've, I've okay. always thought about that, or I would really like to start a podcast, or I would really like to you know, really start my music. But, and they go through that same thing. And if there ever was a time to do something, you're forced right. to do it right now. But there's so many people that aren't doing that and aren't doing the work to behind it to get them there. So what have you seen? How do you... In your, your, from the coaching perspective, how do people overcome that? Or how have you overcome that? Because I think if we can go overcome that butt and get the butt out of the way, I right. think we can start doing a lot of things that we want to do, regardless of that is. But I don't know how to do it. I, I, you brought up a very, very good point, right? Just in those few words, they haven't done the work behind it. Mm. But a lot of it is they don't know what that means. Like I'll say to somebody, yeah, run the numbers. Well, if you're brand new... You know what that means. I, what does that mean? Right. Run the numbers. Okay. And even our English language is weird, right? Run the numbers. <laughs> what does that mean? Bring me a pizza and step on it. What does that mean, right? And yeah. I mean, so it's just this really word, word weirdness. Sure. But they don't know what it is. So that's where we go back. That's where my thought pattern is, what do you do that you enjoy? Mm-hmm. Because there's there's a different thing. Is my passion is not real estate. My passion is not coaching people in real estate. Yeah. My passion is family and vacation. <laughs> <laughs> That's my passion. And if I can it's have family on vacation, yeah. then I'm even better. <laughs> That's passion for me. Can I make a living with my passion? Yeah. See, that's where everybody steps back and go, well, yeah, I guess I could. I could be in the travel industry or I could be a tour guide or all that kind of stuff. But no, that doesn't yeah. work for me because I want to be on vacation. I don't want to work. Right? right. So then I step back and go, okay, well, for me then, if that's the case, what makes the most money so that I can vacation all the time? And gives you the most time. Yeah. So I started looking at things going, okay, you got to work for yourself. Well, yeah, but if you work for yourself, you're, you're – I mean, we were talking about this with, with your wife, right? Yeah. I mean, it's morning dusk. I mean, it's, there's no time out. And then you get something, and then you're worried about it when you're on vacation. There are all this kind of stuff. Okay, so maybe that's not it. Yeah, but you got to be in control of your income and on and on and on mm -hmm. and back and forth. And so way back when, as we'll come around to it, way back in 23 some odd years ago when I started, I started looking at what industry generates massive amounts of return. Mm -hmm. And it's real estate. Well, it's drugs, but I don't want to get involved with that. Right? <laughs> but but yeah. it's real estate. And so you get into real estate. And, oh, but now I can get real estate that will return money every month for me if I set it up correctly in rentals. Oh, okay. So if I can get a lump sum in and then a monthly residual in, yeah. now I can start controlling things. And then I can get into position. So let's step back. I'm talking to my 21-year-old, and she wants – well, she be almost 22. So she wants to be in the music industry. Mm -hmm. But being the front person, she's got an amazing voice. Being the front person scares her. 
So it's just that fear of everybody staring at her. So, yeah. so she's gone the direction of going into sound engineering. So she's behind it. She hears it. Her tone's right and everything else. So she can help those. Well, so I said to her, look, here we are stuck in COVID. Mm-hmm. We're at home. You need to be opening up an opportunity that you can start launching all of these multicasts where everybody's playing a part at home. Yeah. Right? You've yep. seen those where yep. the big bands are getting together and yeah. then it's one song on there. You need to have a platform, kind of the Napster. Mm-hmm. So you need to create a platform. Dad, I don't know how to program things. Yeah, but there's people in the world that do. Right. All we got to do is reach out to things like Upwork or something like Fiverr or something like that. And you'll find those entrepreneurs that program. So let's put that together. You create this platform where you can now mix it. They send everything into it. You mix it. And now you start producing this platform of music. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, but dad. I went, there it is. The butt. There's the butt. It's right there. So, okay, so what is it? What's your passion? I love baseball. Then why are you going into music? Right. If you love baseball, you need to learn everything. And she's a stat. She's got this player and on and on and on. She just set up her her, uh, fantasy baseball team and got all that in and everything else. And I'm just laughing at her. I said, girl, you need to be on the air because you can talk. You need to be that sportscaster. Now we're in a world where we need to have more female in the in the business world. For sure. This is an amazing opportunity. You're 22 years old. Get out of what you thought was and yeah. use that as just fun. But over here, if you're passionate about baseball, go for it. So that's where a lot of people get lost is like, well, yeah, I want to get out of business or out of my job, but – Right. And then they never sit <clears throat> back and get into what's it going to take. Yeah. I lo- I love talking to – I always love talking to you, but I love talking to individuals that sit in your seat because even in that, so many times you were either born with it, 99% of the times you've cultivated – the individual sitting across from me has cultivated this mindset. But here you have – my first thought when you were telling that story is that she needs to hook up with somebody or you know with the music industry, but your thought went straight – entrepreneur well let's develop a platform you know and it's it reminds me of a story i read a book about um uh jack nicholson the golfer golfer. and he's golfing and the sultan bunai asked him to teach him how to play and so he went over there multiple times taught the sultan bunai how to play all this stuff and the sultan bunai goes hey i hear you collect golf clubs and he goes yeah you know i got a whole bunch of golf clubs you know that's kind of my thing and he goes okay fine sends him over this little envelope fedex eight by 11 sheet of envelope and it was a deed to a golf club that you join and it's just a difference of mentality that they have difference of mentality so it's just funny because so people like you you just think so much bigger and broader and but one thing that you said so i'm really interested in this because i hear this a lot too from entrepreneurs that sometimes their vocation or their profession is not quote unquote their love it's a means to an end correct so my thing is i i i'll be very transparent i don't have that I haven't cultivated that ability to push through something that I don't don't like as far as from a vocation. It's I'm, I'm very – I need it to work on that a lot. If I'm in a job or if I'm in a thing and I don't like it, I complain a lot. I do all okay. this stuff, okay. and I don't, I don't see the means to the end. You're going through real estate. You don't like it, and the, I assume you didn't make $100 million right off the, the first year, I assume. So yeah. you have this ramp up. How do you go through that? Is it is it really just thinking about the wife and kids? Is it really like 
No. I, because no. it just feels like I, – this sounds bad. I sound like a bad person saying that, but I don't, I don't feel like that quote-unquote why will always get you through those times of well, learning let me, stuff. Let me, yeah, let me go why – I don't believe in that family as the why. Yes, that's critical. Yeah. Okay? Because I got a divorce. Mm. So in the very beginning, way back, my first marriage, I'm going through in in financial planning. And, I, well, shoot, I was just taking any job I could at the time, but putting yeah. you know, the means to an end, just putting food on the table, that kind of stuff. But I wanted to get into financial planning. So I went out and got all of my licenses for health, life, on, 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 all of yeah. that. And was a horrible salesman horrible salesman but okay and a whole drive was my wife and kids that was the drive everybody talked to me oh you got to have your why and you got a family and on and on well i didn't have a good relationship with my ex-wife so now i'm running an internal battle my why is i don't like her so why is that a powerful why? It's not going to push me, yeah. motivate me, do anything. In fact, what it did, and I don't talk to many people about this, so this is how much you and I trust each other, right? Appreciate it. I went on sales calls so I didn't have to be home. Not to make money yeah. for home. is I didn't want to be around her. See, I think that's something extremely valuable is that – you know, you hear all this like talk about burn the boats, and it's kind of been this thing that everyone says, but right. it, that really doesn't mean jack until you actually paint yourself into a corner where I'm literally nine nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine people will fight out of that corner if they're really in that corner. But right. if they're in that corner and they kind of have this little side door that they kind of oh, let me slip out there, they'll always take the easy way out. But since you're in this backed in this corner, willingly or unwillingly, however it may Correct. seem, right. that propelled you to do that or to get out, out there. At I the think. same time, though, think through it. Because a lot of times I, I've gone not, not, you know, I get like a, a wild animal gets cornered, they're going to fight out. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't get put in a corner by a wild animal concept. Sure. We paint ourselves into the corner. So I've always had this vision of, you know, you're painting the floor, and instead of painting the floor to the door so you can step out and finish, you paint yourself into the corner, and now you're going, oh, sh- now I got this wet paint, yeah. and on and on and on, where most people go, I don't know what to do. There's others that'll go, well, I'm just going to step on it and repaint as I go out. Yeah. And then I'll clean my shoes off. And it's that simplicity that you go, Oh, okay, I'll get paint. Or throw your shoes away, but if I step out, now reverse your paintbrush and go back to the door because you were foolish and you put yourself in a corner. Yeah. Most everybody gets into the corner and starts freaking out that it's this wild animal attacking them when in reality it's not. Yeah. I mean, just yesterday I was having a family conversation and we were talking about self-imposed guilt. Mm. Discuss and, that. And, well, it was it was a religious thing that they were talking okay. to come from a very strong religious family, and I broke out of that. And my my cousin, who's a few years younger than I am, same type religion family, he broke out of it. Yeah, and but he feels guilty <laughs> anytime he's around the family, and he goes to have a drink, and they don't drink, and so we're talking about that. And so I'm with the, the aunt and and older cousin, and like we don't care. Yeah. But I'm talking with him, and he's like, oh, they judge me all the time, and so I won't ever drink. Okay, that's self-imposed guilt. Yeah. And most of us have only been taught 
most of us live our lives based on what we've been taught, not what we've processed. Mm. Which is what brings me into the other side, and so I kind of seed into the real estate, but we'll pull in right with the thought patterns. When you think about it, each one of us have a certain definition we've attached to words, Mm. whatever it is. And those definitions typically come from parents, grandparents, whoever raised us, school teachers, Sunday teachers, priests, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, If we grew up on the streets, it came from our buddies. Yep. Right. They may not serve us now. But yet we hang on to them. Yes. So my dad's example, no, my dad's definition of success, because he was born in 1926, was get your degree, school, get a job, and you stay there forever. Yep. That's security, stability. You have to do that. We don't live in a world like that. No. So to do something like that is not going to be as rewarding financially, mentally, emotionally for anybody or my personality. So I had to look at it and go, man, because I'm like you. If I get somewhere and I'm two, two, three years in there, then I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I'll sabotage the job or I'll walk off the job or I'll, you know, F you off the job yeah, and, and whatever it takes because it's just not there. Yeah. So I had to look at it go, wait a minute. What is success to me? What does that mean? And I finally narrowed it down to a simple definition. When I can get up in the morning on ground versus underground, mm-hmm. I'm a success. Made it super, super simple for me, so I don't have to stress about being successful. Yeah. I'm successful. I get out of bed, I'm successful. Now, how do I generate my income? Which are two different things. Sure. Success is not based on your income, but that's what the world says. Yeah. How do you, you cultivate that piece? Because I think that's another reason why individuals like yourself and successful people, they are – my vocabulary is escaping me. They're they're okay or they're content with where they're at, but they're still oh they still have a drive to go go there, which I think is so much different than you know when you go on a date with a chick and she's just like all over you. You're like oh get away. yeah yeah you're too hungry you're too right, thirsty right. like get get away from me it's that type of stuff. And I think in business people can sense that when you're like all so hungry so hungry, but when you're just okay with with waking up. Then you start to attack your financial goals. I think there's a difference. I think that's it's, it's that huge. Calm. Yeah. What what I had to do was I have to re. I I, I by nature I, I freak out on so many things. Now I'm Taurus. I'm born in May, so every horoscope you go in, I don't care which. I'm an ox. I'm I'm bull. It's it's. I'm right in the middle of May. So I'm so damn hard headed. Yeah. Everything about it, right? But it's also a money sign. It's an earth sign. Okay, whatever. I just sat back and I started looking at things, going, I don't agree with that. So if I don't agree with it, then what do I think? Mm-hmm. Not just I don't agree with you, which is what's going on in the world right now, right? I mean, oh oh, give me an answer. Why do you think something needs to change? Because I'm with you 100%. Something needs to change. We've been in oppression and everything else for way too long. But give me an answer as to why you think, not just because. Because is a three-year-old's answer. Yes. Don't give me something. That means you haven't gone deep enough to figure out what that is. Okay. Now, if you have, great. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's talk conversation. Yep. because I can. You can have your view. I can have my view. We'll meet in the middle. We won't meet in the middle. But okay, great. That's the beauty. Right. So I started looking at it, going, "Well, that success doesn't make sense to me. 
well, what does make sense then? So I took it the next step. And that's where I started going, okay, so now all of a sudden, my parents met in the third grade. They were elementary school sweethearts, mm-hmm. okay? They got, dad left uh, eighth grade, went into the uh, Merchant Marines, World War II, that kind of stuff. He comes out, marries mom, so he never graduated high school or any of that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, so when I looked at family, well, let me back up one step. When I looked at marriage, they were married at 18, 19 years old. When dad passed away, it was their 58th anniversary. Oh. So they'd been together forever. Yeah. Right? I'm the first one in generations to divorce. It was 23, almost 24 years ago. Yeah. 25 years ago now. So I go to the divorce. Well, now definition of marriage is different for me. Right. So there's no way I could proceed forward with the past definition. So I had to look at that. Okay, well, the courts made the decision that my ex got sole custody of my children. Well, I had a family unit of 50-some-odd years that I was raised in, my two yep. brothers and myself. Well, now my definition of family is wrong. Not wrong, but different. Yeah. So I had to then step back and go, ooh, so what do I believe about family? And if that's not over here, then I've got to have a new definition to it. Right. And then the church I was with, they decided I wasn't part of them anymore because of my divorce. So now everything I was raised in religion is changed. So now i got to think of what is my the God of my understanding, what is that for me? Yeah. Because it's different. So that's where I started looking at everything going, wait a minute. I'm not the same person I was. So how do I believe the same way? So yeah. I started realizing that there's empowering thoughts and enslaving thoughts. And when we focus on enslaving thoughts, we mm-hmm. go nowhere. That's for damn sure. And so when you learn how to break those shackles, yep. then you move into empowerment. I think that's one thing that we don't do well at all, and that is really thinking about our life. What is success? What is marriage? So often, like you said, it's it's our parents' definition. It's all the stuff from the TV or the movies or whatever it is. Exactly. And you don't really go, what do I think about this? Who am I? Yeah. And these are all simplistic things. And the unfortunate part about that is that people hear those questions and they sh- they shrug them off, the average person shrugs them off. Because if you, th- if you just have that one question, who are you? You should be able to have a elevator pitch that I believe involves your values Exactly. That. But 99 people out of 100, if I were to ask that, they would be like, eh, I, I don't know what do you mean. I'm, I'm exactly. Josh Canudi. I, yeah. Or they would go, I'm I'm a real estate investor. They're, they're, they're who their vocation is and all that right. stuff. We don't right. think deeply enough. Well, you exactly. Remember yeah. when right in that marketing class, because that's where we met, right? Yep. I, I brought that whole thing up. What do you do? And everybody came back with, I'm a. Yes. I didn't ask you who you are. I asked you what you do. And most of us never break those things apart. So now you you attach a def. I'm a doctor. Hmm. No, that's what you do. Right. I'm 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 a podcaster. No, that's what you do. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Because if you're not understanding who you are, your podcast is going to suffer. True. Right, you can't. You cannot RG. bring that to the table. Yeah, because all you're doing is lip service. Now you're yep. just oh, I got to get followers and I got to get all of this and da 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 da. Okay, great. Now you're going to get those followers. Yeah. Oh, if I just had a million dollars, now you got a million dollars. Oh, I need more because you don't know who you are. Now you know who you yes. are. Ooh, 
Now you're dangerous. Yeah. You're dangerous. So if you did that, and maybe that's something that you and I need to be on this this quest, right? And we push out there, guys, take the time. I call it a coming to Jesus meeting. Mm -hmm. You need to get just raw down and dirty with yourself. Yeah. And there are ugly things that you do and ugly things that you think and on and on and on. And then there's beautiful stuff. Yep. And so why am I thinking this ugly stuff? Oh. Because it's outside influence, or I want to look like the big shot. Or one of the things my mom always did was worried about what other people were thinking. Mm. So I was raised in a world that I had to always be concerned about other things versus me. I was never taught to think, what do you think? Is that that how you've overcome that? Because that's another big thing right now is that my whole thing is I am so happy – that social media is out there. I love that it's out there. I, it gives, puts food on the table, um, especially in my household. Um, I am excited that it exists. I'm excited for the next thing to come. I'm excited for all that. However, it is a tool. And unfortunately for us, it is so new. We haven't figured out how to deal with it. And with that, the reason why I bring that up to, to that point is that we are so concerned about what other people think. And I'll just be transparent. I was very, very taking this podcast, I was very, very concerned about what other people it think. It wouldn't be received or yes. their thoughts would be this. And I wanted to make it this way. And I have to apologize for some of my early guests because I listen to those and it's extremely painful. I just went to um, Muay Thai this morning and I would rather go there and get hit and kicked in the face <laughs> than listen to those things again. <laughs> but it's because I was trying to, I was worried about what other people thought. And I was worried about that. And I was like, Oh, no one's gonna like me because I don't have this many followers, or right. or I'm not a, a Tony Robbins or Jay Shetty or all these things. And I finally, it's been very recent since COVID. That's another benefit for me. Okay, I finally said, enough is enough. Just be who you are. This is a podcast. I don't have a boss. I can talk the way I want to talk. I can have who I want to have on. I can speak to the people that I want to right. that I value, when, that I respect, here, yeah. that I want to learn from. And it totally shift, and I got to be honest, I have, I have never, I haven't received, I've received more DMs and emails and texts on how good the episodes have been this last three three months since I made that since shift than I have the whole entire sixty episodes. See, so that means that now you're looking at it, go, why did you start the podcast in the first place? Yes, because somebody told me you need a podcast. That's why I started. You need to do a podcast. Okay, so. <laughs> Because I, I do my my first ones too, and I'm like, oh, dude, seriously, that's yeah. just awful. And I'll find myself just rambling on some of my episodes, and then I think, well, this podcast isn't for anybody but me. Now, if I'm saying something mm-hmm. that somebody can benefit from, then great, because I'll get a topic and go, hmm, just like the other day, I, my topic was um, watch your words, mind your tongue. Mm-hmm. And it came from an episode that happened at one of the dance competitions with my daughters that somebody had then worked through and gossip got around. And my 12-year-old then came home after a dance yeah. uh, thing, and she was so upset because one of the instructors looked right at her and was making her feel guilty about something that was said over here a few days earlier. And I was like, okay. And I was livid. Yeah. And I did all but name names in it. And I'm just going, I was like, you know, but hey, that's all part of it. Watch your words. Mind your tongue. And it wasn't a chastisement over there because as I started talking and going into the 30 minutes of the podcast, I thought, 
Yeah, no shit, dude. Yeah. Watch your words. Mind your tongue. Pay attention to but what you're a, saying. That's the thing. It goes across all areas is that I can tell when I'm sitting across from somebody and I'm the conversation is coming from the realest person that I am. Right. And the same thing goes with – I'm not trying to circle back to real estate. The same thing goes with real estate that, that you talked about is that – because I got to be honest. I come – my mentality with business, especially during real estate, was like – Hey, if I can get a couple extra thousand dollars on the back end, or if I can right. cut it, or something like that, and you're like, you're like, no, 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 no. It, when it's a win-win for them and for you, you gotta always think about that. And then next thing I know, I was trying, I was trying, I was trying, and to go back to that first deal I did, it didn't happen. Thirteen days right after I, I met you, right, right, right. it was it was months into that. Right. But that was the shift. I was like, okay, what can I do for this individual? And it was that, it's coming from a pure spot. And so when I do the podcast from a pure spot, when you teach from a pure spot, when you yeah, bingo. communicate bingo. business, and that's the whole thing. The going back spot. to the the episode that you did with the ego, going back to the podcast, when you just speak without trying to be bigger, just be who you are. So 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 in yeah, in the real estate, why are you doing real estate? That's where I always go to people. Why are you doing real estate? Well, I need the money. No, that's crap. We all need money. Yeah. And we all want a lot of it. And if you tell me you don't want a lot of it, you're lying to me. Yep. And you're lying to yourself. Okay? It's you don't want a lot of it is because you have a definition that somebody's taught you. Period. Mm-hmm. You know you want a lot of money. You know you want a new car. You know you want to have all your bills paid. You know that. So having a lot of money gives you that freedom. Yeah. On and on and on. But you see things that are out there. These guys that you know got got all the the, the big Lambos. And I mean, you and I have a blast. We go down and test drive stuff and yep. do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you see all those guys, and that's all they flaunt. That's different. Mm-hmm. That's where you're attaching it. You're going, yeah, but I don't want to be like that guy. Well, don't be like that guy. <laughs> Right? It's like, well, then just That's, do that. Well, yeah. well, don't be like that guy. I don't want to be like him. Don't be like him. Then don't do it. Yeah. Well, oh, so you be you and have all the money you want, have all the money you need, because I know yeah. in your true, just like you're talking about, I know that in that pureness, you want to help somebody else. Yes. You are not going to be able to do that if you don't have the money to help yourself. Yep. So... Don't tell me it's real estate because I need the money. No, it's something different. It is a fulfillment or it's this. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, I said earlier that real estate doesn't excite me. Yeah. But I know that by doing real estate, I'm making money. Two, by helping others do real estate, they can make the money. Therefore, they can move on. And if it's something that they get two or three deals and then I never see them again and they're going out, great, who cares? Yeah. That's what they needed. So it's just a vehicle that allows me and anybody else to make good money. Right. Okay. And I can put somebody back into a home, secures little kids. Man, you get it to where you have like like single moms. Mm-hmm. And they're not sure where it's going to go, or you get just a solid family, yeah. and something happens, uh, a, a health reason or anything like that, and they lose the house. Yeah. And now they're, I mean, I, I knew these guys, there was, there was a family of six, and they had to move into a two-bedroom apartment. Now you put all that together. That's tough. And they're That's going, tough. well, yeah, but I, we, can't, we can't qualify for anything. We have bad credit. We have this and this. Uh, okay. No, it's not just, oh, okay, it's, wait a minute, 
I know there's got to be a strategy mm-hmm. that I can work with them because when I started, I didn't have any credit. Yeah. I was amazed. Oh, so we could go this way. We go this way. And then you get somebody in there and you watch these little kids run around or do they come up and grab your leg and thank you because they have a bedroom? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it reminds me of that scene in, in uh, The Blind Side uh, where, where he's like, I, I never had one. She goes, what, a room? No, a bed. Yeah. And her look, she's just like going, I'm talking a $10,000 couch and you've never had a bed. Yeah. You know, that whole thought pattern. For sure. Okay. So that's where I look at it and go, yeah, that's what real estate does. And that's awesome. In the results of that, I get to go on vacation with my family. Yeah. <laughs> right? So my passion <clears throat> is fulfilled by working over here. And sure. it's not that I'm, you know, uh, hating my job. Love coaching. Love teaching people. All that kind of stuff. At the same time, let's go walk houses. Okay. Let's walk houses it's a box it has rooms it has doors mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to fix it this way and we're okay but i don't look at it that way anymore it's like yeah okay it's a house but here's what we can do and if we turn it this way we can make the profit happen this way yeah and everybody else is so concerned well how do i convince that seller to sell you don't convince anybody no how do i convince you to change your thought pattern you don't convince anybody you share yeah and you walk away in the spirit of harmony and then Whatever happens in the universe will happen. Yep. And it takes care of it. So if that seller comes back and goes, hey, I had a couple of offers, but I just didn't like the way they did, and I like the way you do talk to me and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> you know, I learned a long yeah. time ago. You remember in my presentation, it was like, oh, okay. Yep. I okay. love that. That's it was just that, that simple. <laughs> hey, I want to do business with you. Okay. Yeah. Don't come back here anymore. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because um, to – Two things I want to circle back with so I don't forget. But uh, so my buddy just bought his um, his first house, just had his baby, and he's a real estate agent. So he's been in the business, real estate agent and a property manager. So he's been okay. in the business. So he he knows how to do it all and right. all that. But he's buying his first house now. He's got a brand new baby, but went to go buy this house and I forget the numbers. So if he's listening or, or someone hears it, I'm sorry for the right. miss. But let's say it was listed for seven hundred fifty thousand sure. or, or eight hundred thousand. And he wrote a letter and said, hey, simple letter, said, hey, my name's so-and-so. Um, my wife and I are thinking about having a baby. We really love the house. I've been in the business for this, been in the business for that. I just want to be very upfront with you. Um, here's my credit score. This is what I can put down. I can't get, I can't do anything more than 700000 I'm not trying to cheat you or anything, but this is it. And the very next day, the guy goes sell it to him. And the other real estate agent said, are you sure you're losing like a potential 50 grand, 100 grand? And he goes, sell it to them. Just because of that personal letter, it's just, that, that, just again, coming from that, bingo. from the individual, he was just being open, honest, no ego in there whatsoever. Just like, hey, this is me, flay me open. Right. This is what I got to offer. Right. And See, so forth. that's the challenge we're missing in, in society. Because mm. society, media, and everything else drives us to be Something, yeah, yeah. Puff out that chest. Puff out the chest. Yeah. Something different. I mean, even even when you look at, oh, hey, look, look at this beautiful car, and they're usually the higher ends, right? And on, 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 on. And then it gets down for well qualified buyers, right? As it get to the end, well, okay, I'm not a well qualified buyer, so I don't deserve that. Yep. Oh, I nothing to do with it. It's that's what they have to do to finance that car. 
It has nothing to do with you, but that's the way the whole society is marketed, yeah. right? You have to. I mean, you know, uh, weight shaming, and, and that happens a lot in the female, right? And yeah. then the bullying and all this kind of stuff that's going on. And, and, and but, but that's what society is. And versus us just being straight and honest, you know what? I don't want to go to have dinner with you. Yeah. Not, oh, I'm busy tonight. We go, well, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Well, why don't we just say it and be yes. okay that somebody can say that? I mean, I had a buddy who said, hey, let's go get a drink. I said, you know what? I can't tonight, but I'll go with you tomorrow. He said, okay, great. Tomorrow came, I had spaced it off. Mm-hmm. The next day showed up, and so I fired back, and I totally had blocked it or just lost it completely yeah. out of my mind. Well, I was at home and going with family, having dinner, all that kind of stuff, and he fires off, and he said, well, hey, man, we getting together for a drink? I was like, even even with the text, it, right. I, I didn't even trigger it, and I went, "No, how are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, don't don't even pretend that you you care." Oh, geez, well, what are you talking about? He goes, "You said you'd come over and have a drink with me." I was like, "Man, I'm sorry. You're right. I screwed up." Yeah. Oh well, fine. Just next time, tell me you don't want to come drink. Well, he's taking it now. Won't even talk to me now. Yeah, and it's been months. He won't even talk to me. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Right. Our, our, and and I get it. Being home with COVID has put a lot of people on edge. Sure, but we got to be in a society where we can flat out say and then accept. Yes, big time. That <clears throat> you may not accept it, but you're going to have a different thought. I said something to my aunt yesterday about the mask, the whole thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't, I'm not a big deal on this mask. And she said, Well, that's where you and I will be on the opposite ends of the the thought pattern. But I still love you. Perfect. We yes. spent the next three, four hours and, you know, saying, oh, no, no, okay, yeah. I got it. Why are we freaking out? So when we look at it in business and so forth, we do that. See, this is the challenge is we see it so easy on the outside, mm-hmm. but that's what's happening inside. Yep. And so we fight all of this stuff back and forth instead of just walking on the paint and painting yeah. your room again. We fight with, oh, you're such an idiot. Look how you painted yourself into the corner, you fool. Yes. Instead of looking at it like that and just going, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Don't be like him. Paint this. Don't relax. It's okay. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that really thinking through the interaction or thinking through the thoughts. You know, we're talking about thinking about that self. So you and I are here and you go, you know what? I can't. uh, I can't go go to dinner, dinner with you tomorrow. So, and I can be like that gentleman, or like it's all right. happened to us, and be like, "F you, RG. Like, what the heck? You know, I exactly. barely ever get to see you. All this type right. of stuff." But if you just stop and think that through, okay, is RG a good guy? Yes. Okay. Does anybody ever have other things that come up? Yes. Yes. Okay. Did he say you're a horrible person? No. Okay. He just doesn't want to go to dinner. <laughs> like it's once again, it seems too simplistic. But if you think through that, and then also think through when somebody lashes out out like that. Oh, chances are they're going through something. something I think sometimes happened. we think like, okay, RG's just sitting here, and there's nothing else that happened the previous day. They just sat there. I'm ready to talk to you, That's Josh. That's so true. Yeah, you just know? waiting for you, waiting for your text, waiting for your text. Yeah. Well, but so how many times do we on. do that on the other side, too? We send it out there, and you didn't respond immediately. Exactly. You didn't respond immediately. Yeah. And, and I'll do that. My mom, and then my wife's like, you think they're on the other end waiting just for you? Just sitting there? Oh, RG there. Yeah, there and I was like, oh. Love her because yeah. she just fires things up. You're right, babe. You're right. I love you. I'm going back to my office. You know, just yeah. on a little thing. Well, even this morning, no, yesterday, it was. Hey, I'm having a little bit of challenge getting things scheduled and all that kind of yep. stuff. And I went, okay. Well, let's just do it Zoom. Right. You're like, no, I got it covered. Okay, I'll be there. It's it's not. 
And that's the other thing that's so cool about surrounding yourself because I not to go down this vein of thought process, but that whole thought process of surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals or right. good quality people because I'll be honest. So when I was there, I wanted to go in the big production studio. I wanted to have all the bells and whistles. I wanted to have good quality thing and some things happened with the studio. Couldn't do it. So on and so forth. And as I sent that, sent that text, I went, Oh my God, he's going to think I'm like, I'm such a, um, a okay, okay. newbie or all okay, that kind of well, stuff. Let's stop right here. Why did you want the big production? I wanted to, to be the best, best quality. It was the only time that I've ever thought about that just because, because I, value you as an individual and as a friend versus a someone I emailed on that. So I wanted to give the best that I have to give Fair. to somebody that I have a very big um, heart for. Okay. But see how it turned out, how the energies all put it all together, because this is the best heartfelt yes. right here. It's in this quiet. We don't have anybody else with us. We don't have to worry about a camera. They didn't get the take. They did get the take or any yeah. of that kind of stuff. This is just you and I. It's just raw, and that's the way it should be. Yep. Right? That's Yeah, that's fun. I, I love the cameras on, and I love that big stuff. But, man, just sitting here chilling. Yeah. We got a good beverage. We just enjoy and yeah. sit together. And, and, and it's just something that we could just kick back and have these conversations. Yeah. Right? And uh, so I'm, I'm very pleased. And, yes, I will take more. Thank you. I am very pleased that it worked out this way. Yeah. So th some of the thought patterns that, that – that, I like to go through, and, and I'm with you in the fact that most of us don't take the time. We've never been taught how to take time for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Okay? I mean, I, I'm thinking through with my kids, and there are times I say, well, why don't you, I'm busy, why don't you go work on some stuff? But that was just busy work. We never had any structure. So when we now get older without taking time to look at it, and now you're on your own. Yeah, we're in COVID. Now you're on your own. Yeah. You got to figure this out. Well, it's busy work. That's how we learned. Most of us never sat back and were taught that, hey, if you get out some artwork and start to learn to draw, this is a great time. You're all by yourself. You yep. can just draw. It. Don't worry about the lines. Go outside. Color outside the lines. You know, there are no lines. Whatever. Just have a – I'm busy. And I'm not down in any parent for doing that. For sure. Okay? Because parents have so many responsibilities. They're juggling so many balls, right? Yeah. And even if you're not a parent, there's certain things. Even if your spouse comes in and talks to you and you, you're listening while you're focused, and then you stop and you go back and you're going, okay, what did you say? Yeah. And then you, you watch the face going, you didn't even listen to me. You didn't hear a word I said. Did you know? I'm sorry. Okay. So now you got to repair that bridge. Yep. When in reality, I'm guilty of it <clears throat> when I get home to my wife. Yeah. Okay. I will walk in and she's busy and I'll just start. I'm like, hey, not, do you have a second? I yeah. Got something I need to share with you so she can shut down, engage. I just start. Yep. And she'll go, hang on, wait a minute. And now I've had to lighten it up for me. And now it's, no, 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 no. Shut your stuff down. Pay attention to me. I'm the only important <laughs> hey, one I'm in here. here. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. <clears throat> but I'm realizing that my world falls apart fast 
when I allow it to fall apart fast. Therefore, I have to run to the person who's my anchor, mm-hmm. and I say to her, hey, fix this. And it's not I need you to fix it, but I need you to reply back so I can go and fix my thought pattern and all that kind of stuff. And her world's going on. So now we think about it. The children were pushed off. Now we're older and we're adults, and we go, okay, now I'm on my own. i got to figure this out. Figure what out? Well, because when I was on my own, I did act, active work. I was just doing activities. So how many times as a personal business owner do you get caught up in activities versus production? Yes, for sure. Well, that's because we were taught that. Yep. I know some yeah. of were brought up differently, then that's fine. But majority of us, we were taught activity, yeah. not production. Kind of taking the um, right turn because I, I would be – I would, in all honesty, I'd be doing the listeners a disservice by having a successful person on and not ask this. But you have a lot. Your expertise is is real estate, and just for the listeners know, so they understand your expertise. So over the course of your time, how many houses do you think you flipped, wholesaled? I, I have done? been. I have been involved. So all aspects. Mm-hmm. I've been involved with. Uh, I don't know how many deals it is. But we're a little over 190 million. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with R.G. Williams. If you want to hear part two, if you want to hear the rest of that story on how he built a $190 million real estate mogul business, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash O-C-Y. That's patreon.com slash O-C-Y. And listen to the rest of this and get all those other benefits that I talked about in the beginning of this episode. And until next time, remember, be kind to yourself.